It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. <clears throat> welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when and where you want. So, uh, uh, yeah, we were just uh, talking about uh, the uh, UAW withholding uh, uh, Biden uh, re-election endorsement until EV concerns are addressed. Now, not exactly sure, because in the statement, they didn't get into the minutia and everything with any type of union negotiation always gets into the minutia. When he says that we need to get our members, the new... Uh, uh, leader of the United Auto Workers, Sean Fain. We need to get our members organized behind a pro-worker, pro-climate, uh, and pro-democracy political program that can deliver for working class. Well, tell me what that actually means precisely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they don't. I mean, it's it's just the rhetoric that's thrown at you. So, uh, you know, we'll see where that all goes. But wanted to get to a couple of calls on this here. Let's go to Craig in Nashville, Tennessee. Craig, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I was just uh, calling. Uh, I was my my comment is I I'm a union worker, uh, 25 year union worker, and I did vote for Ronald Reagan. I have voted for both parties, but majority of the time Republicans do not come out and support union workers at all, uh, and I think that's a big miss for a lot of us. Uh, even though Democrats have their social issues I don't agree with, the the work that I do, we get better races with Democrats in office than we do with Republicans. Are you, in a, are you in a private union or a public union? Uh, public, it's a railroad. Okay, that would be, a, that would be a, technically a private union. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. A public union yeah. would be a teacher's union. Yeah, oh, okay. government or gov- okay. government workers right, union, right. right? So you're yeah. you're in a private okay. union. Look, here's here's yeah. one of the <clears throat> here's one of the problems is the fact that uh, you know I don't know I don't know a Republican who is against a union worker. I know Republicans that are against the union leadership and what the union leadership uh, is about. Because remember, if the if the union leadership said our goal is to protect our workers and do what we need to do to keep our union workers employed, which is actually supposed to be originally the only job description of a union leader, you might have more Republican support. But understand that the union leadership is now involved in every single left-wing activity that has nothing to do with keeping their union members employed. In fact, because the union leadership has jumped on things like illegal immigration, where the union members are not that way, or or climate change, the whole I mean for the for the head of the UAW to come out and say we need a pro worker climate change uh, uh mindset from our union workers, he's basically saying union workers should wish to destroy their own union because the pro-climate change people want manufacturing gone. 
And the only uh, and, I, and, I understand. and and so you're saying that the Republicans don't support it, but the union leadership, if your if your leadership is going to promote every single left wing cause from supporting Planned Parenthood, when worker all, all union workers aren't pro choice at all, we live in a fifty fifty nation, and so they're involved. There was a big article I was reading. Uh, that uh, came out a couple of months ago uh, about the number of unions that promote radical left wing causes out there. Well, yeah. if now, the union I'm leaders, if, the, go ahead. I'm not part of the UAW, and <clears throat> my international union has not came out like that and said anything uh, towards any uh, pro climate change or or none of these social issues that I don't agree with. But on the day-to-day activities here in the state of Tennessee, we see that the reps here do not want unions. Uh, Volkswagen down in Chattanooga, they promoted the unions, but uh, well, do they? Governors come in and shut, a, shut ask it a down. ask a Republican whether they're 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 pro-union, they're they're whether they do not wish to have union workers, or whether they object to the the political ideology of the unions being, remember, what was it, 95% of union, uh, uh, you know, dues that are spent on political causes go to Democrats? I'd have to, now, I'm part of the legislative group, and here in Tennessee, they do not want any unions here in the state. They all want them to be right to work, every job here. Well, they, what they don't want is mandatory a mandatory union. What they want is that choice by the worker. Why shouldn't the worker have that choice? Right. I agree with that. And if the company wants it, why can't the company have it? Well, it's, you know, there, there's the thing is that the companies don't, the companies often uh, look at it as, as the profitability because yeah. that's going to be natural for them. Yeah. And if, you, uh, Volkswagen came in and said, hey, we'd rather work with the union, and the state does everything they can. I mean, as a company, I'd go somewhere else. But anyway, uh, that's, that's just what I'm saying. I, I'm a moderate. I'm middle of the road. I see I'm, I really don't like liberals. I don't like conservatives on the far end. Uh, it's just, it's just, just kind of funny that we have no more moderates that's got any common sense. Well, the fact any, of the matter is, is, is that you would have to define what a moderate is politically. Yeah. Because you're going to have to stand yeah. for something. You're going to have to have a set of beliefs. Yeah. And you have to demonstrate yeah. that to voters if you want their vote. I mean, that's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. Just so and you right know, now, just, yeah. just so you know, I've, I've checked out the, to- the, the total from railroad political action committees, not, not yeah. you know, and, and who they've donated to over the last few election cycles, they've donated more to Republicans and Democrats. Right. Just so you know that. I mean, I, I think it's a, because I didn't know that till now. I, I looked it up. I didn't want to make a comment until I actually knew yeah. it. But the vast majority. Yeah, now, the unions, the unions, no, I'd say the union-wise, they probably do more Democrats and the railroad companies do more Republican. I would say that. Yeah. Uh, I. The other thing is the power of the public unions, because the public unions have gotten so strong 
Uh, and remember that whether it was the the labor leader George Meany or mm-hmm. FDR, they were all against public unions, which are right. the which are the government unions. They said unions yeah. were created to share in the profits of corporations with the worker. Right. right. There are no profits in government, and so the entire concept of a union has been perverted over the last half century to be where the public unions are so involved not only in the the uh, the the government that is nonprofit but political fundraising and that's the thing with the unions republicans will look at the major major unions out there and say they're political animals that the vast majority of the money and i remember that over the last election cycle except maybe for the railroad union it's like 95% to 5% goes to democrats well of course republicans aren't going to want a group that can then mandate, because this is, as Eric said, about you know right-to-work states, that can then mandate, as they used to, that the dues that they collect go to the political causes that the leaders of those unions want them to go to. And so I think part of the Republicans' disgust is with union leadership and the fact that they have created a system of massive political donations to the opposition party if unions were we're about what's best for the worker and we stay out of politics because we know our members have all different viewpoints on everything i think that there would be a moderation of what republicans the the rhetoric uh, against unions because i don't think it's against the union worker again it is against the union leadership and what their goal is but thanks so much for your call we do appreciate thanks, it correct have a wonderful day and it was good because i was able to check that to see the railroad unions because he said not them and I, I want well, let me check on it so I did hear from OpenSecrets.org mm-hmm. and uh, it's not a lot more money uh, you know it's uh, but it's a little bit more money actually went to Republicans and it's almost as if they're trying to play both sides because that well <laughs> that will happen well hold on but in today's world in in the later election cycles is that not the smart move. No, you know, you're right. No, because it was one uh, in 2022, 1.7 million. This is the PACs. I mean, right. it's not a great deal of money, right? But still, 1.7 million to Republicans and 1.4 million to Democrats. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and there were 16 PACs that uh, yeah. that did it. You know, that uh, represent right uh, rail interest. Now, it'd be interesting to see what are the rail interests on it and the unions directly. What did they give donations to? I don't have that number in front of me. Just mm-hmm. the PACs, mm-hmm. because it used to be. That at least the Democrats could get away with claiming to be pro-worker. The party cannot do that anymore. No, but that, you know that's another thing. The the, the when it comes and, and that's common knowledge. I mean, Democrats are saying we're no longer the party of the worker. It's Republicans. Right. No, they're actually yeah, right. You know, there are Democrats in the party, <laughs> active Democrats that are saying that now. We used to be the party of the worker. What's happened to our party? I mean, this is what's going on. There is a reassessment. I don't know if that means that there's going to be a change with the unions. I I don't think that's going to be with the UAW. I don't think that's going to be the case anytime soon. But because I think there is something to the, well, listen, if we go pro-climate, pro there's, there's your pro-government money. We know that the industry is only going to survive if, if with all these mandates on EVs, the industry is only going to survive with government money. That's a sure thing. Yeah. Until it isn't. And then the union becomes a problem to the monopoly 
management, exactly. which is the government, which is in essence the government. Exactly. <laughs> you you become at, at that point you become a public union. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's that could be that um, you know that that road of how it morphs. Well, going I think, forward, I, I think our know. last caller should consider, you know, what what recently, you know, happened as soon as Biden, the day one that he got in office, where he killed the Keystone Pipeline, right? And he killed it for no reason well, at all. And tell, tell me, tell me a Republican that has just said we'll kill union jobs, just destroy them for no reason at all, when it's when there is a benefit to everybody across the board, and the rail and, wor- and the rail workers strike, uh, the, the the what yeah. was the pending rail workers yeah. strike, and and the fact that Biden. Ca- came out and claimed that, you know, he had settled everything, and that was far from the case. But when you kill union jobs for climate change mm. and your management supports climate change, mm. the management, and so that's why I'm saying bef- before you ask, and I know you're talking about your particular union, but in general, before union right. workers claim that Republicans must get more uh, uh, union-friendly, well, you should look at your own union leadership and say, does our union leadership give a damn about our jobs? Yeah, right. Or are they all about giving favors to the Democratic Party? Right. But thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Eight six six ninety red eye Two related USDA announcements Wednesday, both involving technical assistance, financial assistance to continue strengthening our local and regional food system. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack telling reporters first about the creation of 12 regional food business centers across the country, which will work to develop more and better local markets for small producers and help them gain access to all of the programs that might be available to them. Second announcement, $420 million for the Resilient Food System Infrastructure Program. It's a companion effort to the meat and poultry uh, processing capacity that we've announced uh, previously. Money will go to state and territorial ag departments who will grant it out to groups working on local and regional food systems. This is designed to provide resources to expand capacity in processing, collection, manufacturing, storing, transporting, wholesaling, and distributing specialty crops, dairy, grains for human consumption, aquaculture, and non-meat and poultry. Bill Sachs said to expect more announcements like this in the coming months. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by... Motel 6. 
The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. In Trotter Radio, he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Uh, sorry, just looking at this headline here. Longer-serving SCOTUS justices make case for term limits. From this writer from The Hill, Jim Jones. Should we drink his Kool-Aid? Probably not. Just one, just second. I'm going to say no. Okay. That's just... All right, I only did that to make that joke. Okay. That sick joke. Yeah. No, it's funny, though. You're hearing uh, so much now from the media and the uh, the people on the left. We should have term limits. We should have term limits. I know. know. You guys want to change the entire makeup of the Supreme Court. We get it. Oh, the other thing on the unions is where they start talking about we need a pro-democracy. What does Mm -hmm. that mean when when union leadership, which is on the left, says pro-democracy? Yeah, right. Remember. How do they define pro-democracy? What does pro-democracy mean? Pro-democracy right now from the left means you don't believe in the Constitution of the United States, you don't believe in freedom of speech, you don't believe in freedom of religion, you don't believe in the Second Amendment, you don't believe uh, in the the three branches of government and the separation of powers, you (laughs) don't agree with the concept of the Senate or the Electoral College. Mm. And so when anybody on the far left, which union leadership is, in the UAW starts talking about we need to be behind a pro-democracy platform it means in my opinion anti the constitution of the united states and also it means to me the promotion of the lies that you saw from the democrats that the election laws for example in uh uh, georgia were somehow anti-democratic yeah which was a complete lie but they went to the point of stating as we all know uh, the Biden administration joe biden that it was jim crow 2.0 which is an absolute lie and we called it a hate speech lie because it was a lie in it was a lie that was originated by the president and supported by every single major democrat on the federal level the democratic leadership that it was jim crow and they did that in order to create hatred between people based on skin color so look we can talk to union leadership all day and if you but if you want if you believe that the republican party well maybe if the republican party supported the union worker Mm -hmm. Republican party looks at the unions and say they're a direct threat to everything that we believe 
the union leadership is as far left as you can get. And sorry, workers, you need to straighten out your own house before you ask for our support. Well, and and I would say to the uh, union leadership that wants to talk about pro-democracy, uh, are you willing to take a vote on that? You're willing to hold a vote? Why? How do your members actually feel about oh, how you, you're using their dues? Oh, I like that. Yes. Should if we're going to talk pro-democracy, let's walk the walk. <laughs> let's take a vote on that. Oh, that's let's at issue by issue. Let's see the vote. Let's see just to show the American people, right? There's nothing to hide. The leadership is proud of what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. They have no problem. Right, exactly. With the rank and file. Okay, prove it. So here we go. Hmm. We start out the show with it. Last part of the show will be about it again because this was, right now, the bombshell of all bombshell allegations. It really is. is. This is a bigger bombshell than anything that ever had to do with Trump. Oh, by far, I think. My gosh, this could be potentially the largest in presidential history. A whistleblower tip about a document alleging or uh, uh, allegedly putting President Biden at the center of a bribery scheme triggered a guessing game across Washington on Wednesday. This from the New York Post as journalists and politicians poured over Biden's extensive history of interactions with his family overseas business associates. We'll get to this coming up. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. We don't want to overuse the word bombshell, uh, but uh, House Mm -hmm. Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer issued a bombshell... It's a bombshell. ...statement when he uh, issued a subpoena on Wednesday... Yesterday, requiring the FBI to turn over an unclassified record that reportedly details allegations of a criminal scheme involving uh, Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national. The subpoena comes after Republican Senator Chuck Grassley's office was made aware of the FBI-generated whistleblower form, the FD-1023 form, allegedly outlines a scheme involving the exchange of money for policy decisions. Quote, it has been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose, Grassley and Comer wrote in a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray and Attorney General Merrick Garland. Based on the alleged specificity within the document, it would appear that the Department of Justice and the FBI have enough information to determine the truth and accuracy of the information contained within it. That is a quote. In the letter obtained by National Review, Grassley and Comer write 
that it remains unclear what steps, if any, were taken to investigate the matter. That's another quote. More quotes here. The significant public interest in assessing the FBI's response to this information, as well as growing concern about the Department of Justice and the FBI's track record of allowing potential bias to infect their decision-making process, necessitate exacting congressional oversight, the letter adds. The subpoena calls on FBI Director Ray to turn over all FD-1023 forms created or modified in June of 2020 containing the word Biden. And this goes all the way back to June of 2020. This apparent, think about that. Wow, we're almost, it's almost three years. Almost so, and before the election. Yeah. We believe the FBI possesses an unclassified internal document that includes very serious and detailed allegations implicating the current president of the United States. Grassley said in a statement, What we don't know is what, if anything, the FBI has done to verify these claims or investigate further. The FBI's recent history of botching politically charged investigations demands close congressional oversight. Comer said the information provided by the whistleblower raises concern uh, concerns that Biden allegedly engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. That is a quote. The American people need to know if President Biden sold out the United States of America to make money for himself. Senator Grassley and I will seek the truth to ensure accountability for the American uh, uh, people. Now, uh, I was reading the uh, New York Post article on this, uh, which uh, talked about the... um, Their headline is FBI tip that allegedly puts Biden at the center of a criminal scheme sends sleuths around the world that everybody is now trying to figure out. It said journalists and politicians poured over Biden's extensive history of interactions with his family overseas business associates. Now they're trying to put the puzzle together because now that this is out and again, the Department of Justice yesterday or the FBI had nothing to say on it. They acknowledged the receipt of the letter, and that was it. Well, it's interesting because, as the New York Post puts it, and again, if it's accurate, that you have, you know, uh, now uh, the media and and uh, politicians that are looking for the answers, what would you typically see instead? What you would typically see instead is jumping out in front of it, Right. Mm-hmm. Well, no, this isn't true, blah, blah, blah. It's just, and I noticed the stories on this yesterday, even in the liberal media, didn't have that same uh, protective coating <laughs> for Biden uh, that, that typically the liberal media would, would, would put in their writing in the way that things were phrased. And it likely is because it's something I said earlier. I've had plenty of criticism for Chuck Grassley over the years and, and how mm-hmm. things are approached and, and uh, you know, uh, giving too much leeway during 
you know, Senate confirmation hearings and, and things like this. Uh, when he was uh, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, those were, you know, concerns that we had. And he gave the liberals way too much breathing room. And they took it. However, on things like this, it's very much unlike him to claim that that document exists. And if he's saying the document exists... I'd be shocked if it turned out that that was not the case. The interesting thing is uh, we we know that this is not the IRS whistleblower. Right. And this is, uh, this is because, uh, let me get it here, the alleged corruption is believed to involve a country other than China. Now, this is what sources are telling the Post. Mm-hmm. Two sources say that the whistleblower is not the same person as the IRS agent who anonymously came forward last month to allege a cover-up in the criminal investigation of the first son. You know something? I said something that I just realized was the wrong analysis on this. Two sources say the whistleblower is not the same as the IRS agent who anonymously came forward. I had said, oh, that means they know who the whistleblower is. Not necessarily. They know, just, who they, they know they, they who know it's not. They know who the IRS agent is. Right. They know who yes. it is it, that it isn't this person, right. that person. Yeah, it's one or the other. I mean, I, right. I don't want to say just one, one thing. They may know who the whistleblower is, right. but not necessarily. It may be they know who the IRS agent is. All they're is. saying is it isn't that right. IRS agent. And the IRS agent has told them, no, this that wasn't me. Right. So, okay, I just wanted to correct that. I just thought about that. and um. The uh, document subpoenaed by the Oversight Committee was created or modified in June of 2020, months uh, before Biden won the presidency. Hmm. And uh, they say they want it by May 10th, the subpoena says. Hmm. They want it by, so whether they get it or not, I mean, that's uh, six days away. Uh, Republicans say the file pertains to potential wrongdoing by Joe Biden. Not Hunter Biden. This is Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Which again, it was all. That's what they were always looking for. It wasn't about Hunter Biden ever to begin with, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have received legally protected and highly credible unclassified whistleblower disclosures. I really wonder how that all works. There's they need to do a movie on this. On. Something like this about when a whistleblower comes forward just to see the process of how it happens. You could do some kind of, maybe this will be a made-for-TV movie. There's actually <laughs> documents that I was looking at from the uh, Office of the Director of National Intelligence. It It is kind of an outline. I, I, it really is more for those individuals, that you know, the, the people that, that are working in those jobs. Um, because the fear is, I mean, the reason you become a whistleblower, the fear is retalia- retaliation. Uh, from your superiors i know that the process is different for the cia given the nature of what they do but if we're talking intelligence agencies uh for every other intel agency um you know it's very similar according to those documents with the exception of something that is different uh with the cia but ultimately it goes back to um the the IG, the Inspector General, in each of those cases. And um, that tells us that 
if that process is being followed here with both the IRS whistleblower and this other whistleblower, then there are multiple people. It's likely that there are already, there are multiple people who know. In this case, whether the document exists or not, what that document is, and the claim of the, you know, they know the claim of the wrongdoing. This is what the whistleblower is saying. But here's the question, too. Whistleblower to bring it to the attention of the American people, but also to quite possible, uh, quite possibly the uh, maybe the director of uh, one of the intel agencies or other uh, people in power that they believe aren't aware of this. I mean, I'm, I'm asking a question here because you would you would have to wonder if this is not if this is uh, unclassified, if this is not a classified document, then anybody could access it. Yeah. Depending on where that document was. I mean, it doesn't mean anybody did ac- access it or that it was in a common area that have that would have multiple people on a regular basis coming across it, maybe it was just tucked away. I, I don't know. Filed away electronically or otherwise, I don't know. But the question then would be, is the whistleblower also blowing the whistle on superiors that they believe were covering this up and sitting on this document, not just Biden, but also the people that were in power that would cover it up and not allow it to come well, right. to the surface? It, because it was June of 2020, which means that the FBI Department of Justice uh, uh, had it. You have mm-hmm. a ton of different questions. Right. Did, did and, and one of the questions would be, did the FBI at the time know that this existed? Right. Here's a question. Did Bill Barr know this existed? Oh, right. He was... He was the um, remember AG. This, yeah, the, remember, this was created... This was created during the Trump administration, mm-hmm. June of 2020. Right. Now, we know that the FBI was not cooperative uh, with the with the Trump administration. Now. We know they're... Go ahead. No, okay. I was, uh, was going to say, unless it's a different agency, because CIA would not be Department of Justice. I don't know. Would, no, would, this was would, the, no, this form the FBI created. Okay, the form the FBI created. Yeah, okay. This is the form, yeah. This is the form that the FBI would have. That's right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so AG Barr would know. Director Ray, who's been there. It is, yeah, it's come to our detention that the Department of Justice and Federal Bureau of Investigation possess an unclassified FD 1023 form. Mm -hmm. So, okay, yeah. All right. Maybe it never got up to Barr. I don't know. I mean, well, it might not have. Inevitably, that would be the claim. Hey, I didn't know. Or there would be proof. That's, I guess that's my question. Does the whistleblower believe not just the, you know, in the wrongdoing of the, the president, which is paramount here, but what is being alleged in the stories, by the way, if that's true, but also in wrongdoing of, of covering it up because a whistleblower can be pointing fingers to a number of individuals in that, in that command, mm-hmm. you know, in that well, uh, chain I, of command. But I expect the media to you say, I, I expect to see stories today saying, We've reached out to Bill Barr. We've reached out to yeah. Christopher Ray. That right. you know, we've gone to his office. That the media yep. will be going, and then Corrine John Pierre today. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Will her, will her face be more uh, worn-looking than it was the last two days where it, it looks like she's just thinking, I don't want to be here. I'd rather be anywhere in the world yeah. but here. Yeah. I mean, she looks exhausted. Yeah, she does. Like, I just don't want to be here anymore. I can't get any sleep. I just can't do this. It really is the look that she's given the last couple of days. I think it's time for her to just step up and put a uh, central uh, computer up at the top at that podium and say, I've logged on to chat GPT. Just ask all your questions to <laughs> chat GPT because I'm done. <laughs> 86690 Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. You know, uh, it's going to be interesting because if the Department of Justice and the FBI come out and say, well, we don't have this. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, then who is this whistleblower? Right. Uh, but the fact is, if they are quiet on it, and this thing this thing blows up today, and it blows up the rest of this week because you know, this is the first allegation of and you know and supposedly a specific allegation with a witness and a whistleblower who says this document actually exists, and it's it's you're talking you're talking uh, bribes. With the president of the United States, and I, we know that, and, and, and yeah, and, and a re, uh, some kind of promised return. Right. And and the thing is, it stinks already. And this is what this is what I wonder: Will the mainstream media turn on him and say, "Okay, he's useless. We need to get somebody else for 2024." Yeah, because this thing, if if this thing pans out and it's one thing, then what were the other tens of millions of dollars of deals that were done between the Biden no, that's family? A good, about, that's a great point. We don't need this, right? I can see hear the Democrats thinking that. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.